This is John Walton, and you're listening to the Power Play Point Podcast with the Blue Lighter on Point and Anna Knox. Here's Wilson, and on the right side, Welcome once again to the Power Play Point Podcast. This is your host, the Blue Liner on Point, talking to you live to tape from downtown Glen Burnie, Maryland. Uh, Sun setting on another Sunday evening. It's uh, just after five here, Sunday, February the 26th. And uh, yeah, February is coming to a close. And uh, yeah, for the Caps, it's uh, coming to close with a loud thud. Uh, if you just saw the game today, um, the mermaid will not be with us this episode. She had a uh, family obligation to take care of, uh, so she will be out for this episode. And um, so uh, with, us, with us this week to help us close out of uh, Black History Month uh, is uh, a gentleman uh, who was on with us last Black History Month. And uh, hopefully he's familiar to all of you who follow the page and listen to that episode at least, but follow the page. Uh, he is the, I like to call him the fashion plate of the, the Washington Capitals. He has a great collection of jerseys, hats, you name it. And uh, if, if you want a, a good seat in Capital One Arena, he's also your man. We've also uh, plugged his business, uh, HRL Couriers and uh, HLR Couriers, sorry. Um, so uh, let me just uh, get him out there because I know he's anxious to talk. It is the loquacious one, Lorenzo Robinson. Well, that's a true statement. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. That is definitely a true statement, the loquacious one. <laughs> uh, so how are you doing this evening? I'm all right. I'm all right. Dealing with the loss and, you know, getting used to this whole new thing. Getting ready with this trade. But the trade that I'm pretty sure is going to happen this week. You know, more trades I'm expecting to come. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, the uh, the trade deadline is coming up uh, pretty quick here. It's uh, March the third, so that will be, if I'm not mistaken, that'll be um, Friday, I believe. Friday is March the third. You're right. You're one hundred percent correct. March the third. Yeah, that will be this coming Friday. So, yep, three p.m. Eastern to be exact is the last minute that uh, any trade will be accepted. So yeah, that's going to be a very interesting day. I'm uh, kicking around an idea in my head uh, during the week of uh, having something maybe on Facebook Live or some maybe some special episode or some some sort of live episode where people can call in or, or, or send a chat message or something where we, you know, before the deadline where we talk about what, what kind of moves the Caps ought to be making. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, uh, Give me a shout on Messenger or the Facebook page or my even my personal email, G-L-H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D at Yahoo.com. That's G-L-H plus the word allowed at Yahoo.com, my personal email. You want to possibly get in on that. Uh, four games this week. Let's go ahead and get right on into it. Uh, first game was the um, – let me get my stuff together here. Okay, so the first game since our last broadcast – 
was um, last Tuesday against Detroit. Um, I was kind of hoping since we were kind of even with them in the standing, I was kind of hoping for pretty good effort uh, in this game not to be. They lost 3-1. Only only one that got the goal for us was Tom Wilson. Uh, That's going to be a recurring theme. Yep. And, uh, yeah, um, I mean, 27 shots on goal. We outshot them. uh, One for three on the power play. Not too bad. Um, wasn't, I, I guess it wasn't a bad game, although the, they kind of didn't get going until the third, if you look at the shot count, right. but, um, yeah, uh, I mean, they were just down two one in the first period, nothing happening in the second, just one of those games where they couldn't get going and, you know, and Detroit's a good enough team. They're challenging for that last playoff spot, obviously. So, uh, I don't know. It just just one of those games where they couldn't get going. They gave up a late goal to seal it, and it that was that was just it. Uh, typical of a Capitals loss this year, unfortunately. Right. And uh, yeah, it just that's just how it went. And uh, you know, not, nothing else to say about it. I mean, I, I I you can't can't really explain what happened. They they just woke up too late. They didn't. They weren't into it enough. And you know, the other team took advantage in the scoring drought. You know, continued at least up through this game. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, this has been like you said, it's been that kind of season for the Cats. Basically, you know, either they either they start fast, finish slow, or either they start slow, finish fast, but then you know, get win here and the loss there. I mean, having Wilson back has been great for the Cats. I thought, I really thought, to be honest with you, if you go back to when they brought uh, Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson back. I really thought that was a big mistake because I'm I'm of the belief that those guys were out for so long, especially they shouldn't have been able to just to come right back and start right in the lineup like that. I really just thought that I know they needed a joke, but I really thought that was a big uh, problem for them because when they started, uh, re, I mean, jostling the lineup and putting the switch in the lines, I think it took away from the Caps' momentum because if you look back, the Caps were winning. They had a nice momentum. The team were starting to the team. The lines were starting to gel together get used to each other, and then all of a sudden, boom, they insert, you know, Baxter and Wilson, then they go into a losing pattern. You know, yeah, they may have won here, but they would start losing again. I just think that it was just too fast, and yes, now it's good because Tom Wilson has seemed to find his legs again. He's, you know, he's he's definitely active again in the, in the games. I mean, you can just see his performance each game. You know, he's getting better. He's getting more, you know, acquainted again to being, being back on the ice, you know. So, I mean, but otherwise, I just think the team is just, it seems like, to be honest with you, before it seemed like the team was starting to gel, but then they fell back into what I call the the Ovechkin trap. Meaning, when when Alex Ovechkin is playing, it's old the old fashioned, hey, watch watch him shoot because you know they're getting caught in his record and him trying to you know catch up, to, you know catch up to, catch up to Wayne Gretzky, which is which is not going to happen anytime soon. But the point is, I just felt like they were just not focused on winning so much, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just how I felt, even in that game. I mean, you got Jacob Verona who came back. You know, it's good to see him back after everything he's been going through, you know, since being traded to Detroit but I, and being injured and everything. I still believe that it was a bad trade, you know, Anthony Mantha for him. I really do believe that. Uh, you know, uh, that's just my opinion. <laughs> a lot of people won't agree, but that's just how I feel, you know. Yeah. 
No, I, what Dwayne, Dwayne, who was on last, Dwayne Thomas, who was on last week, uh, kind of raised a similar point. And uh, yeah, I, I think what it was like, kind of like what you said just now, I, I, I don't know if it was, if it was them coming back versus the team didn't have the right plan for them to come back. Because like you said, they had, they had, you know, they, they were gelling, they had the right chemistry. They were, you know, they were rolling, they had a great December, um, you know, they were doing okay in January and then, and then they were brought back. I just don't think they had the right plan for bringing them back. They should have maybe brought them back maybe more gradually, maybe let them play on the special teams more, less five on five minutes. But yeah, I, I think whatever, whatever plan they had or lack of is probably more accurate kind of kind of wrecked it and uh, yeah we talked about that last week and I think that yeah I think that's one of the things you can point to as to you know when when they started playing a lot worse you know at, at the end of January and, and all of this month uh, with with their losing streak and yeah it's you know I, I don't think I don't think it was just that but that I think that was a key factor and uh, that that's that's going to be very interesting to look back at. One of the very interesting things to look back at once, uh, well, if they miss the playoffs. And surprisingly enough, after losing six straight games, <laughs> they're still actually in the playoff hunt, though, in the wrong wrong side of it. But right. they're still actually looking looking at a playoff spot, believe it or not, even after today's loss. Um, but uh, let's hop over to well, all right. Um, I don't I I what we've been doing this year is focusing on one game since it was three losses and one win. Um right. I'm not going to do that cuz we don't have well we don't have a lot of time in those four games but if there is a game I'm going to focus on it was it's this one the one against the Ducks. Um I I can't I'm not going to lie. I was uh, when this one was over I was really really disappointed because the Ducks are the worst team in the league. Right, bottom feeder. <laughs> they are the ultimate bottom feeder. Um, they give up more shots, more goals than anybody else in the league. And 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 while I didn't think this would be an easy win, I thought this was definitely a game they should have won. True. And when they scored the first goal, when Oshie got that first goal on the power play, it looked like they were on the way to winning. They were, you know, they were, you know, they were dominating. They got double-digit shots in the first in each period. That's that's what you want to see. And then, you know, they they fell behind. Well, they didn't fall behind, but they they played the seesaw match in the second period. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in the third, but they just seemed like they just stopped playing their game and. I, I, they they just let this one get away. I, I don't I do not think the the Ducks did anything special to win this game. They they let this game get away, and they shouldn't have. This could have been two points right. that they had in the standings, and they they let it get away. And you can say all you want about the offense drying up because Carlson's gone and all that, and that all all that is true. But you still had a golden opportunity against a team that gives up a lot of shots, a lot of goals, and all you had to do was take the opportunity, make the most of it. And you know, I look, okay, John Gibson, you know, okay, so he had a good game, I'll give you that too, but even so, you know, you make the most of the opportunities you've given and they just didn't do it. It, it you know, sometimes you just you just got to get it done. They didn't get it done. 
right. and there's no there's no two ways about it. And I was, you know, I, I cannot describe the disappointment I felt because this this was a game they could could have had, could have, should have, would have. So the game they should have won. I thought they were going to win it, but then I was doing my usual comment because John and I used to go to the game with me. We usually talk back and banter back and forth on uh on Messenger. I mean, excuse me, not Messenger on uh, text messages. During the game, sometimes about this and that, and I always say, to me, I call it a trap game. I always call those a trap game. This was mm-hmm. that was a trap game, you know. Even even though people don't like me to use that term, I use that term because, just like you said, they're games that they should have won. There's no reason they should have lost that game, and they end up doing what they did, you know, and lose the game. It just happens, and then they pay the price, you know. Now everybody may talk about all the stuff that went on, you know, this and that, things like that. I, I mean, yes. I think the trade had a lot to do with the momentum and everything, but, you know, but they got their butts beat, you know, just plain and simple. You know, they, they got to beat by a bottom feeder that they shouldn't have lost to. And then, that's, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and I, I, I doubt, okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's the 26th of February. So if you're listening to this, it'll probably be after that. So I, I doubt you wouldn't know what we're talking about when we mentioned the trade, but the trade we're talking about is, Earlier that day, um, Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway were traded for uh, several draft picks and and a forward, Craig Smith from uh, the the Boston Bruins. And <laughs> yeah, and, and if anything, that trade should have served as a wake up call to them that hey, look, you doesn't matter what you've done in the past. This can happen to you if you want to stay. Then show us something and there just was not enough of it right you now and and when you got to depend on and and you know i i love nick jensen but when you got to depend on nick jensen for your offense nick jensen you know you got to re- re- rely on him to pull you even in a game against the worst team in the league something is very very wrong yeah that was funny and that and you know and that's I loved him. I love the way he scored that goal, but if if he's got to bail you out, then something is extremely wrong with your offense. Um, and it it just showed in this game. And I just I just I looked at that and I thought, okay, they're done. I, I won't lie. I, I looked at that loss and and in my heart I knew that this team is done. And Look, I, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop supporting this team, but if I'm if I'm being realistic, this team's chances of making the playoffs and maybe even doing some damage, let's be realistic. That it it's not looking good right now. No. Yeah, I it, think it, yeah, I agree with you. I, mean, I really think I mean I I really think the trade really knocked everybody off the off their feet because it was shocking even when we when it was posted I mean, everybody was quite surprised by it. I mean, I was I was surprised by the players that was traded. I wasn't surprised that the Caps were going to be doing trades. I originally made a comment months a few a month ago. I told John, and he still laughs. I said I think the person they were going to trade first. I really thought is going to be Ella. I still think Ella's getting traded in my mind. I still I think Lars Ella is going to be the next trade. <laughs> you know, originally I said Anthony Mantha and Lars Ella, which I still think Mantha might get traded because he really doesn't. He doesn't fit the caps. I mean, he's good at fighting, but not good at playing hockey. That's what I got to say, you know. 
he just seems to be more concerned about getting in the fight than playing hockey. I mean, yeah, granted, he was he was starting to play a hustle a little bit before he got injured the other night. But I mean, the point is, I guess I just think the trade really knocked him off, and I and I think, I think yeah, Dave, you're right. What you said, yes, this is a wake up call. It can help. It can happen to you know to this player. It can happen to you, which in some cases is getting ready to happen. But I think is I think the Cavs. I truly don't believe that they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not giving up on them. I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to win games, but when it comes down to the final. You know, because I think after what today is twenty games now officially, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think they're gonna their record is. I don't think I don't see them going. You know, a, a big winning margin all out of these last twenty games. I see them maybe. Be honest with you, I'll be honest. I'm gonna laugh. You might laugh at me when I say this. I see them losing between ten and thirteen out of twenty, depending on what happens the rest of this trade deadline. I think the bigger mistake about the trade was, which didn't make sense to me, was. Caps is an old team. We both know that. You know, we saw the graphic they put posted yesterday during the Rangers game saying that the Caps were the oldest team at 30.9 years of age per player. And I'm thinking, yep, that's only Caps. They they got rid of Garner Hathaway and and they got rid of Dimitri Orloff and they brand a 30. They brand it. I think he's 33. Craig, I think Craig Smith Smith is 33. Yep, he's 33. Yeah, they brand a 33 year old. Wait a second. That that to me that comes across as a fire sale. If I'm on, the, if I'm if I'm a fan like I am, that doesn't come across as somebody trying to retool and rebuild. Look like it's like, hey, you guys, we're for, my players are for sale. Pick what you want. We'll make a deal with you. That's what I see. <laughs> so that to me is going to take away from. The, 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 I think that's going to take away from the Caps' motivation to do, you know to get back to winning, to, you know to concentrate on winning. Because as soon as another trade happens, I really think. It's, it's going to be more detrimental than it be beneficial to the Caps. That's just how I feel about that. Yeah, I I, I think you're right, and I, not to. Well, okay, so that three that 33 year old, um, he's he's a free agent at the end of the year. So I'm I'm I would be very surprised if he sticks with the team. Um, I but you're right. I mean, if that that's all they could get as far as a body. Uh, back in the trade besides the draft picks. Right. Um, and by the way, one of the draft picks is a number one in in this year's draft, this coming draft. Right. <clears throat> so more more on that in a little bit. But um, the one of those the, the they got three draft picks plus Smith in in return. But yeah, I, I mean, if that was the only live body they could get. In return, yeah, that kind of smacks of uh, well, yeah, we're uh, you, you we'll we'll take whatever you can give us along with these draft picks because uh, we're not really keen on trying to finish the season. We're trying to build for the future, right. and that 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 kind of that's the vibe I got from that trade, and yeah, and that's go I ahead. I agree. No, go ahead. I agree with you. Yeah, and that I mean that that's kind of how that's kind of how the Caps played in this game, and it it definitely affected them. Now, which is funny because you move on to the very next game, which was yesterday, <laughs> um, at home against the Caps national against the Rangers rather, uh, yep. nationally televised, yeah. and they play uh, the best hockey they played in two and a half weeks. And right, you're one hundred percent right. And I love what I saw, but at the same time, I, I, I'm thinking, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one. 
where has this team been? Uh-huh. Help the skeleton. And, I mean, there, there's only one reason I can think of why you're getting this kind of I, I, you're right. I can't. I can't put it any other way. Helter skelter, disarray, it did inconsistent performance, and it's because they don't know where they're at. They don't know what they're going, where they're going. They don't know what direction they're going in. Right. I mean, it was just. It was just. It felt like. It felt like. You know. Okay. Here's this. This is the second game over since Ovi returned, and all of a sudden they came out. I mean. It, I mean. I was like, wow. I was really. I was sitting there. I was telling Johnson, I can't believe this. Look at this, man. They're just popping everything. Bam. I mean, they were hustling. They were out hustling. I mean, they were motivated. They were, you could see all that. And like I said, I don't know if the motivation yesterday was more about, hey, you know, worrying about what's the next trade or was it really, really worrying about not having their seventh loss, you know, things like that. You know, I, I don't, you know, even though they were home because they don't have the best home record this year, I didn't, I didn't know if that's what that was about, but. You know, it was just they, or they just woke up because it was a good team that they have a rivalry with. But I mean, they played like if they played like that, if they played the way they played yesterday, aside from the Sunday's game, if they play like that the rest of this season, then they'll look they'll look like a team going into playoff. Now I'm not gonna say they could go far, but I, they'll look like they're you know they'll be a playoff team because yesterday they looked like a team that were world beaters because the fact is they beat they beat a, a, a much better opponent. Even with the, the return of Ovechkin, who didn't even score, you know, it was a T.J. Oshie show, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and, and like I said, it just, it just that they came out, it seemed like they came out to play yesterday. They really came out to play, and I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know. I kind of missed the fact that I wasn't at the game, you know, but it's okay. I mean, I had a better seat now, so to speak. But you know, it was, it was just, it was really impressive yesterday the way they looked, you know. You got Kuzi, Oshie. I mean, everybody was getting in into the game. The old Wilson looked like he showed back up. You know, it was just, it was good. And the young players that they have, I mean, they have a good, to me, they have a, a group of young players, you know, that who really, who, who seem to be enthusiastic, enthusiastic, excuse me, and want to play. But at the same time, I seem like some, in some games are being held back, you know. It's like, it's like these guys are helped the skelter. You know, one minute you got, I mean, like Dylan Strome, oh my God, I like his game. I mean, the, the kid plays and then next thing you know, he goes in low drought. Of course, today we know what happened today, but I'm just saying, just he goes in drought and, and he plays well. He's always he's always a threat to score. You know, you got Irwin, another one. You know, Gustafson. They, they they all they all really hustle and play hockey. You know, I mean, I really think they had a good group of players, but like I said, I think the trade hurt them. But I ain't gonna blame the trade because yesterday they didn't have the trade had nothing to do with it. They were just trying to win. I think mainly because they didn't want to get beat again. You know, and they were losing streak, which they did. Yeah. Yeah, and so so you had all you had all that going on in that game, and then you got to today, mm-hmm. and well, I mean, for the first twenty minutes anyway, they had some fight to them. Oh yeah. And then the second period showed up, and what I I don't know, it was like whatever happened in that intermission, everything right. from yesterday went out the window. Yeah. And right. It's like they they just stopped playing. They just. I don't want to say they quit, but they just forgot. They forgot who they were playing against. They forgot how to play defense for sure. Yeah, I think they ran out. Of steam. I think they ran out of steam. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, it's a it's a back to back, and you know, I mean, it's they they don't do well on back to backs, nope. and it it. And, it and 
it is and it isn't an excuse. I mean, every team has to go through it, but you know, it's you can look at it and say, yeah, I mean, that's it you you don't you got that as a strike against you going in the game, but you you still got to play and um, they like I said, they were okay the first 20 minutes and then second period came by and the wheels fell off and then um Ovechkin scored, you know, finally scored. Uh, and I don't think he played that badly in the Rangers game either. He managed to assist. Uh, everybody was was clicking in that game. But, you know, he finally scored in, in today's game against Buffalo. And I figured, okay, uh, might get a comeback here. And that, that still kind of died off. And, you know, there was just no – and, you know, Milano scored right after him. And uh, you're thinking, okay, well, they got a shot here if they can come out in the third period. And it just it just didn't happen. And uh, this game, this game, the one against Buffalo, um, well, okay, so so two things here. The defense needs an overhaul, and that's going to happen regardless because we've mentioned this before. There's only one, there's only one defenseman under contract at the end of this season, John Carlson. Right. Everybody else is a free agent. Right. So a lot of those guys are probably either going to get traded and if they're not going to get traded before the deadline, I'm banking on a lot of those guys not getting signed. I think, yeah, I think, I think number one, they, I agree with you. I think they're going to really have to go younger or they need to get rid of Brian McClellan because they're, they're, they keep, they keep bringing old players. They keep getting old players. And I said, they're only going to work for so long. And, you know, like I said, their legs going to go out, go out from under them like it's happening. That's, Truly, what I see happening today too. I see an old team. Yeah, they had a big game, but you know they had the big high yesterday, and then the day, of course, they had the big letdown. You know, with the second period, and I just saw a team that, like you said, you don't want to say they quit, but point is, they ran out of gas, and I just saw that they they both teams were turning the puck back back and forth. I mean, it really wasn't a great defensive game or nothing like that. They both were just turning the puck over, you know, and. You know, everybody kept talking about Kemper shouldn't have, you know, he should have, he should have been given the day off. No, Charlie Lindgren, oh, I always believe in my mind, people may not like me saying this, I believe Charlie Lindgren is a better goalie than Kemper. I, you know, I, I think he's more fundamentally sound. Yeah, Kemper has his moments. I, I'm not a fan of Kemper. I'm not going to lie to you. I really thought the Caps, truthfully, be honest with you, I really thought the Caps should have kept Sam Sonoff and, and Vanasek. I think they should have kept both of them and just, you know, had a good, had a better goalie coach to work with them. But that's okay, because both of them are flourishing on other teams, which is not abnormal with Caps players. They go out of places and do well. But like you said, I really believe that when this season is said and done, the Caps must get younger and and, 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 and build their speed. I mean, they have, like I said, Milano's a great player for them. Strong is a good player. I mean, I can go through the little thing. Uh, ABO Bell, I can't pronounce his name right. <laughs> you know, he's not bad. I mean, they have some players that think. My biggest thing is I can't figure out why Snively is not there anymore. I mean, he comes back. Here's a guy that they said that wasn't doing well when he's playing down at Hershey. He comes back, he gets in the game, scores a goal, and gets an assist right away. And then the next thing you know, the stadium series come, the guy disappears. You don't see the guy. And then now you haven't seen him since. And I'm just thinking, is that something to do with contract? Or was that just a, a coach's decision? Because I always thought that he was a, he was a good because good, he had a lot of energy. He, him and him and Sherry, I always put them two in the same boat because they they hustle a little bit. Those two like to hustle when they play, you know. And I just think I just think that the Caps 
going to have to figure out what to do. And I, I can tell everybody, I, I have no problem saying it. I'm not the biggest OV fan. Yeah, I like Ovechkin, but I'm not the biggest fan. And my thing is he has a no-trade clause in his contract. But the only thing I see OV doing right now, because he's not going to be on the team if the players are not at his at his level. You know what I mean? He, he don't want to be on the uncompetitive team. He wants to be on a team that's competitive. And if they do any type of trade that doesn't benefit them the rest of the season, I mean, I wonder what he's going to do next season. Because, I mean, for me, his ultimate goal is he's already got the Stanley Cup. Yeah, not going to be nice, but I don't see that happening right now with this current Caps formation of team, teammates. I see the guy looking to get his record. And, you know, if he goes, if he gets his record, you know, I just don't see it. I just don't see him being that that team player when you got a bunch of young players coming in next season, and if they don't gel well, they, you know, it could be a, they could be a bottom team next year, you know. And it's just I just don't see it. And you know, like I said, the day was first period looked like great, second period that was it, you know. And then after that, you know, it looked like they were going to try to make it a game in the third period. And then, like I said, it just it just just the way it was. It was just I just think they ran out of gas, and I think it's because the age is starting to show, you know. And that's not an excuse, but that's just a true fact, you know. Because now, now they're going to get a couple of days off, and then they, they go back and play Anaheim again, you know. Mm-hmm. What's going to mm-hmm. happen? We can't. Yeah. They could be well rested now. They could be well rested again. So if they lose, we gonna have a different answer. They, they shouldn't lose, but who knows? Yeah, and and that's that's going to be the last game before the trade deadline. So that's you know how the team reacts, how management reacts. That's, that's going to be very interesting, especially especially if they lose that one. Right. Uh, but right. uh, yeah, I mean, it, they. Obviously, they got to get a, a lot younger, but I wouldn't put this uh, well, not all on management. And management's obviously responsible for the way the team is built. And it is ridiculous that, you know, you only got one defenseman on under contract. Right. You know, that that's ridiculous. That's just uh, there are no two ways about it. That That's just really shitty planning. Right. Right. You're right. You're 100 percent right. I, I never really truth is I never even really knew that. I really didn't know that until you told until you said that. Yeah, that's bad on my part. I mean, here I'm a guy that follows the game, but I, you know, when it comes to a lot of analytics and stuff, the part about the game, the statistics, I, that information I, I lack sometimes. You know, I'm just well, more- I mean, yeah, not, not, I mean, not not everybody. We don't expect everybody to be PhDs on the game here. We all got, every, you know, that's that's why I love doing this show. We all got our own, you know, point of view. We all got our own set of skills and knowledge to bring to the you know, to the game. So, you know, I, I don't expect everybody to know everything. But yeah, I mean, that's when I found that out. That was that that blew my mind. That you know, how do you how do you let yourself plan for just you know that kind of a thing where you know you're going to have practically no defense except for one guy that's right. over over 30 years old, 33 years old, and his best days are behind him and right. makes probably too much money. Yeah, you, you got to tell me. I always call him. My father Carlson is, he, he at least give you two mistakes a game. I'm sorry. That's just how I got to say it. He used to lose and give you two mistakes because the one thing I always dislike about John Carlson when he plays is his crazy way of doing his – I call it the blind pass, you know what I mean? Where, where he always takes the puck. It seems like he's doing something. He always put do a, a no-look pass that always goes against the team, always. And that's my son's opinion. And I, I think I think you're right. I think it's going to be weird because with him coming back from this injury, you know, whenever that day may come when he actually returns, if he, if he comes back this season, I just, I just think it's going to be weird for them because, like I said, it just – 
you know, Nick Jensen is Nick Jensen and him play well together, but like I said, I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, I I don't see. I'll be surprised they keep Nick Jensen. I'll be surprised, but I, I really am expecting some crazy trades here between now and Wednesday. I'm expecting at least two crazy trades. You know. Oh, I would be I would be very surprised if if they don't do anything at the trade deadline. Uh, but you know, now now to play devil's advocate for a second, I mean it's it's kind of obvious that you know with Carlson gone. There, there's not not a whole lot of you know gas in the tank as far as their offense. I, I'll give him that. He he does do that very well. But you're right. He's you know he's prone to being a liability. Right. You know, too much of one in 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 my opinion. And that that contract that they signed him to was was a big mistake. And you know I was talking to Mrs. Blue Liner about this, and it might have been why that might have been why you know they lost Orlov. You know, because because uh, as as she put it, you know, well, OK, so so Orlov, basically, they were trying to sign him. They couldn't sign him. The word was negotiations were real far apart because he wanted a longer contract than the caps were willing to give him, which, you know, they were right to do. But at the same time, you see another guy on your team get an eight year contract. Right. You're thinking, OK, well, you know what? I think I've been playing well enough to deserve some security, too. How about you give me that? Right. And so I don't think Orlov was, you know, not within his rights to ask for something like that. But obviously the team wasn't going to, you know, they weren't going to give him to that. So if, if you look at it, Carlson getting that long contract in the first place was a huge mistake. And I think, unfortunately, that was the first domino right. that started all this. Because okay. I think right there, they started right after they won the cup. They started. They should have started thinking long term, and they didn't. And you know, they're they're paying the price for it now. Right, right, and, and yeah, I I think I mean I don't I, I I guess there wasn't no way of getting caught maybe reaching John to see if he was gonna if he's willing to restructure for them to re able to re resign Orloff. I didn't know that part that far into it, but yeah, I really thought Dmitry Orloff still should have been a capital. I really thought I I truthfully believe he has a better shot than Ovechkin. I truly believe it. I believe his shot is harder, and I believe he has a better shot than the veteran. Because whenever he shoots, and when I see him, when I'm sitting in that Cap One Arena and I see him shoot, I always believe that most of his shots going in. That's just how I feel, you know. Because when he shoots, it's a totally difference. I mean, I mean, he definitely he was to me he was more than just a defensive player. He he could also just like Carlson, he could bring the puck down the ice. You know, what I mean, there was never any, there was no doubt about it. He knows how to move the puck. He was off. He was to me, he was like an offensive defensive player he was somebody bona fide that that the caps really should have kept you know garnet the garnet i believe they should have kept that's just just me that because i believe that hey you know he knew how to bring the fire to the team at times but i mean i guess i don't control that i think the biggest issue with the caps and their things this season is too, as i call it the line the line washing too much line changes every game it was always a different line yeah we know about the injuries i'm not gonna use that as an excuse but when you got the guys yelling together then all of a sudden you bring somebody back and then you change the line again and you change the line again like today they lost. Now, do they really need to tweak the lines because they lost? No, I mean you got the same players. I mean, yeah, you, if you tweak the lines, I mean you had this. You use the line that you had yesterday against Anaheim coming up on Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. Then and you win. Then what you gonna do? Use the same line? You gonna change the line again? See, that's what I'm saying. It, it's like it's helter skelter. I mean, Coach Flavret he changes the lines. Okay, we lost it. We're gonna change the line. No, just let them try to let them fight through it a little bit. Let them fight through 
little bit of adversity. I mean, um, just, you know, adversity. Just let them fight through it. Don't – you don't need to keep doing a line change every game because they lost that game. I mean, it, to me, it just, that's just who it is. I mean, like now I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Johansson. He's saying, you know, non-COVID illness. I'm thinking, okay, what illness do you got? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, that's – that. yeah, that's what I was getting at. I, my problem is even though management – you know, they, they got some part to play in this. They got their share of the blame. But, I mean, honestly, yeah, injuries aside, I think a lot of what has gone wrong with the team this year it is the coaching. You know, and, and we've, we've talked about it before. The line blender, just like, just like you said, the line blender ha- hasn't helped. You know, no chemistry. If you don't know who you're going to be working with, then how do you get any chemistry? And you know, it's it's Laviolette's decision to play to you know run the hell out of the old guys as, as long and hard as he can, and you see what's happening with that, and that, that's why that's why you don't see Snively or you know I, look we don't I I don't like to run down players, right? Even Carlson, you know, I'll give him his due. I get you know, one guy right now, one guy right now who's getting ice time. I don't know why the hell he's getting any ice time right now. Matt Irwin. Why is he on the ice? I, I don't get it. I, I do not get that. Because they got nobody else to put on there. That's well, not- you got no, no. That that's not true. They got they got they they got two young guys who I think are ready to go. Uh, Alexeyev and and Johansson from from Hershey. I think they're ready to step in and play that last pairing minute. Okay. And and I I you know the season's just about lost. Why not see what one of these guys or both of these guys what you got with them? They're ready to go. They're right. they're in their twenties. They got good legs. They're they're playing pretty good, right. or they were in Hershey when they were getting time there. But now you know now they're getting not, not well. Alexeyev is he's not getting a whole lot of time. He's just sitting in the press box, and you, in his place you're putting in a thirty four thirty four year old defenseman who has a decent shot but won't use it. Doesn't know how to move the puck. Can't play along the boards. Can't right. do anything right defensively. He was a minus three in this game, and he was one of one of maybe two or three minus players against the Rangers, if you can believe that. Right. The guy doesn't add anything. You got a potential stud waiting to step in who's younger, faster, and better, and you don't play him. And that's just one example. Him and Snively are just two examples this year of Laviolette refusing to play younger guys. Yeah, they're not going to get more than, you know, 10, 15 minutes a night, but that's why they're there. They spell off the older guys, spell off your number one and two guys. All right. Get them in there, play energy minutes, but Laviolette won't do it. Right. I would love to see, I would love to see a, a fast cap team. This is a fast cap lineup. No, no, I mean, let the old guys take a break, so to speak. This, this puts the, like you said, see what they all can do. Put the whole young, young team and the young players all in there, all of them, and let the old guys come off the bench for it once. I don't care, Ovi, whoever, let them come off the bench. He don't have to start. In my book, he don't have to start. And I have no problem saying it. We know a lot of people don't like to talk like that about Mr. Ovechkin, but I will. <laughs> well, there, there's going to look, there, there's going to come a time and I'm going to say it right now. There's going to come a time where Ovechkin is going to have to, you know, be content with second line minutes. And I, right now I would say Backstrom do not, do not give him more than third line minutes. 
right right now until I wouldn't say he's been playing bad, but I wouldn't say either. I wouldn't say he's been able to keep up either. So, you know, you got two centers that are better, at least on paper. Don't don't give him more. You know, put him on the power play if you want, but don't let Backstrom play more than ten to fourteen minutes a night because I don't think I don't think you're going to end up keeping him fresh if if you do that. Um, I promised I promised a good friend of yours, uh, Cheryl Ann Forster, she uh, C four. C four. I, I would uh, I, I would mention this. Uh, she's on the drive. Uh, she's actually at the game with a friend of uh, well, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Marcus uh, Lemley Clarence. They but they went to the Buffalo game together, and uh, is actually his quote. Uh, I'm gonna quote him right now. Uh, uh, this is about Matt Irwin. Um, <laughs> thou shall not steal. Thou shall not enjoy a Caps hockey game when Matt Irwin is on the ice. End quote. Oh, that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I happen to agree with him because, like I said, my, you know, just now, I, I do not know why he is on the ice when, when you got a guy who's itching to get a chance and, and probably can do better. And, yeah, he's going to make rookie mistakes, but you give him the time so he can make those mistakes and get that out of his system. Right. And if the season's lost, what, what are you losing? You're not going to make the playoffs probably. What are you losing by playing it? Nothing. Right, and that's what I heard about Lavarette. They said that he likes to, because uh, I remember, I remember what the I'm trying to remember what game it was, but he's kind of sat Kuzi down when Kuzi only played like what ten minutes the whole game or something like that. I'm trying to remember the game. It was, it was, a, I think it was a game. I don't know if it was the stadium series or before. I remember they said that he likes to give lessons. You know, if you mess up, he likes to send you a message during the game, not like after the game, because I said, because I'm just saying, I wonder if. if Somebody's being punished for something that they didn't practice on a prior game, and that's why Irwin is in there. But the point is, you write about what you guys, what you write, what you're saying. I, I try to, I mean, I try to see see the players and see how they perform. I mean, it's been a different year for me than normally would be. But from the games I've, I've watched, I've watched pretty much most of the games. And some games I wasn't able to watch due to work or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. but no, I mean, like you said, the same thing. C four said because she was one of the telling me we we surrendered to each other earlier this week. Up in Frederick, she was telling me about the 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 favorite word you guys like to use the line blender. <laughs> so <laughs> my my thing is this is like what you said. I just want to see them, like you said, put all the young players in. I mean, literally put them all in. Let all the old players watch. I mean, you, there's no rule to say less less is in this contract. There's no rule to say Ovechkin must start or so and so must start on top line because their top line is what Ovechkin, Kuzi, uh, and Wilson. Okay. And then you got Oshie with with, with Sonny Milano and um, I think Strong on that line. But um, I would love to see all the young players go because another player who I think, to be honest with you, you may laugh when I say it too, that that could be a potential trade. People don't like to hear me say that. Is T.J. Oshie? You know, I, I I have my thoughts. My thought about T.J. Oshie, and I'll share it with you and everybody else. I always say this about T.J. Oshie. If T.J. Oshie, I really truly believe in his contract. He has some kind of family leave plan set up in his contract. And the reason I, t- I say that is if you look at his history, every, and I'm just using this as an example, every time the holiday season comes around between Thanksgiving and Christmas, T.J. Oshie has usually been injured, okay? And usually don't come back until after the first of the year, okay? And that's just my honest opinion because I, I really think he has a clause in his contract because every time I see him, when it's that time of year, he comes, he's usually injured 
and then he, he doesn't come back to after the holidays, but then you see him and doing promos and stuff, and you see him places, you think, wait a second, this guy's supposed to be injured. He's out there doing this and that, you know. I think he's another one possibility on the trading block. Even though people may laugh and say, oh, they ain't going to do that. They won't trade T.J. Oshie. T.J. Oshie is a good motivator. He, yeah, yeah, he's good. He's a good team player and all that. I like T.J. Oshie. But like I said, hey, there's nothing that says he can't be replaced. And I and I think you have to look at it. I mean, T.J. was quiet for a while. Now he's waking up and finding his game again. You know, yesterday, Gordy Howe day yesterday for him. But I'm just saying, you, you know, scoring the day. But, I mean, it, it's, it's like I said, I'm wondering – if they're really going to seriously look at trying to bring a whole bunch of youthful, youthful players that are good. I mean, like everybody talked about the draft picks, how you were talking about this as number one. I made a comment the other day. I said, to me, it don't matter what the draft picks are. That's the here and now. You, you, you're, you're trying to say that because they're going to automatically get a number one and they're going to get a third round or whatever. A third. I mean, they're going to be better? No, it's no guarantee. You know, you bring Smith in, like I said, you bring the old guy in, you know, the, the, the plug, the hole that you just created by getting rid of Dimitri Olaf and, you know, Garner Hathaway. And, and, and then, I, if I'm not mistaken, this guy Smith used to play for Lavarette and, and something like that. I thought I heard today. He did. Okay, and Nashville, right? Something I think that's what it is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so my thing is, see, he brought in, the, he didn't bring a player that's going to benefit the team. He brought a player that benefits him because he's more familiar with the player than his teammates are. You know, we don't know if he's going to really uh, give any dividends for the rest of the season. Uh, like I said, I just think he was just there to plug a hole. Because to me, that didn't look like a smart a smart trade. Yeah, you traded these two players, you got draft picks more so than the player. It just didn't seem like to me that was a, a smart move. It looked like it was a, one of them, uh, you know, pull the trigger quick type thing. Let's hurt and do this because we got to make it like we did something. You know, I just think to me, I, I could see the trade happening after the game. I would have rather seen that instead of before the game because I do believe that had a lot to do with the team chemistry and, and you know, emotional thing for them. You, you know, you got, you, you're getting rid of two players, you bring back Ovechkin, boom, all of a sudden the team gets gets rocked, you know, unexpectedly. You know, like I said, we, like I said, I, I want to see, I want to see how this team plays coming up when they play Anaheim. I want to see how they play again. Are they going to play this? Are they going to play the same way they play the whole? Are they going to come out on fire? But like I said, that, to me, everything hinges on what happens before Wednesday. To me. Because if there's no trades before Wednesday, then the team won't be able to say, "Oh my God, we weren't expecting this, and now we got to play." See, I, that's what I'm. But I'm expecting to be a trade. I don't know who's going to be. I'm still standing by my my Ella thought. Ella, I'm thinking Ella. Mantha won't get traded because he's still injured until he come off injury. You know, to make sure he's healthy. I think it's going to be. I think the trade deadline is going to be Ella, Mantha, and uh, who else? I was thinking. Who else? Who was also on top of my mind? It could be your guy, Irwin. But I mean. You know, but I don't see if he has any value. So, but I think Ella has a lot of value to the Caps. You know, he's one of the last ones remaining from you know from when from the win the Stanley Cup, one of the last few. And I, I think there's five or six left. But anyway, I think I think he's 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 a possible trade because he's got value. And then I I don't see them getting rid of Sherry, but that's a possibility. So I would go with my top three possible trades right now would be Ella. Sherry, Mantha, and 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 my long shot trade, laugh or, laugh at me if you want to, TJ Ocean. <laughs> well, so so we're speaking of of guys that are eligible and guys that are not. Uh, I made mention of this uh, to a couple of insiders in, in the group, 
and uh, so Tarek El Bashir of, of the Athletic, who covers right. uh, the Caps and other metropolitan teams, well, mainly the Caps, right. uh, but but hockey in general at the ath- Athletic. Well, you all know who he is. Uh, he used he used to write for the Post, and uh, so he put out an article this week. Um, okay, so he said basically these are the trade tiers. In other words, three groups of players who have their own category of how available they are. So his first group he calls not available. And the, the, the names in that group are Nicholas Backstrom, John okay. Carlson, okay. Darcy Kemper, okay. Charlie Lindgren, okay. Ivan Moroshnichenko, that's the first-round draft pick that they got last year, okay. Ovechkin, mm-hmm. Strom, okay. Tom Wilson, okay. And they're two, both of the two first round draft picks that they got for this year. Uh, so that's what he says is they're not available. Said, don't ask because we're not sending that them out. Okay. Uh, the middle tier, he calls it make it good. So, so these are the guys that uh, McClellan probably doesn't want to trade, but if you make me a good offer I can't refuse, then they're available. All right. Right. So, uh, uh, Alex Alexiev, okay. Nick Dowd, mm-hmm. Martin Ferivari, right. Kuznetsov, okay. Hendricks Lapierre, Connor McMichael, Sonny Milano, TJ Oshie, Alexi Protus, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, TBR. Okay. He says those, so Tarek says those are the guys that Okay, I don't want to trade him, but you make me a good offer, and you can have him. But they got it's got to be a good offer. Okay. And here's his last group. And, okay, so he calls this let's, let's talk. So, obviously, these are the guys that, okay, the, these, are, these guys are probably as good as gone, either by the trade deadline or offseason. All right? So, first name is Nicholas Obey-Kubel. Okay. Eller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gustafson. Right. Matt Irwin, Nick Jensen, mm-hmm. Marcus Johansson, Mantha, and Sherry. Okay. Wow. So those are the guys. Those are the guys. Tarek is saying they they're gone one way or the other, and most likely in a trade. I didn't so hear I didn't hear you mention TJ's name. TJ was in the middle group. Make okay, it I good. That. I missed that. That'd be really good. So he's yeah. going to exist. So he's going to I just think they should keep Gustafson. I think he's good. I mean, yeah, I would like I'd like to see Gustafson stay. Right. My worry my worry about him is that he's already over 30. Right. So if he wants if he wants a long-term deal, if he's willing to take a deal that's 2 years or less and not that much money, then, you know, hometown discount something like that, then right. I say go for it, but I, I just don't see that happening because he's had he's had a good he's had a pretty good year. Yeah, I and, like when he shoots. He he doesn't look like he's afraid to shoot. Yeah, he's he's got a good shot. He can move the puck pretty well. He was he was probably the best surprise because I didn't think he would get more than bottom line minutes. He's actually been running the power play. Probably yeah, yeah. not yeah. probably not as good as Carlson, but right. but he's still without him, I mean they would have next to nothing for offense. Right. So Right. I, I would. I'd like to see him stay, but it's got to make sense for the team. So I, I, I think I think he's well within his right since he's over thirty already to right. say, "Hey, look, I, I want 
I want at least a three-year deal and I want, you know, X amount of dollars per year. Right. And I just don't think the caps are going to offer it to him. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like you said, if he's willing to take a two-year deal for less money and stay around, you know, it'd be worthwhile. But if he thinks he's going to, if he thinks he can go out on the market and get big money, I don't see that. Yeah. And I think, I think he's definitely going to test the free agent market and I I don't blame him because this, this is his breakout year and he, you know, he's shown what he can do and and teams are going to want what he's got. So I I don't blame him if he goes out and tests the market. And if, if he does, I almost guarantee he's going to get a good offer. So, you know, it, it it's going to sting, but yeah, he's, I think he's as good as gone because of that. I would be very surprised unless, unless it's one hell of an offer. Right. If he doesn't last the whole year, I think they'll keep him for the whole year. But as far as free agency, yeah, I can't see him resigning because he's just going to get too good as far as money in, right. in term. So, in light of what you just said about the players' vulnerabilities and where they where they fall in the lineup from the article, uh, my thing is I'm wondering now: Are these players going to perform? You know, because they they got to showcase their talents that they hope to get any money on the free agent market. You know, are they going to really perform? You know, better than expected. You know, what I mean, with these last twenty games, are they going to just go through the go through the motions? I mean, I, I like I said. I want to I want to wait to the trade deadline, then I can see exactly where the caps are. What I mean by that is, I want to see what players that end up still keeping. You know, as far as, far as where the list goes, you know, as far as you know who can go first and make me an offer type thing or whatever. And then I want to then that's going to tell me a lot because I I, I mean, the, the, are they going to keep the caps competitive? Question is, you know, when you when you hear on when you're sitting there watching the game and they tell you that there's nine different, you know scouts from other teams there you know what i mean that's your game scouting players that was shocking to hear the other night you know what i mean and then all i kept thinking about was fire sale you know now they're going to sell i really did not think they were going to beat the rangers yesterday i think in some ways the win from the rangers did it slowed the bleeding it's they truly believe that it slowed the bleeding because the fact is i thought if they would have lost the rangers game they might have there might have been a trade happening today before monday because I said, but I thought they weren't going to. I really felt like because of yesterday being, you know, the the, the game that they were, you know, honoring Smith Pelly and everything, I, the DSP, I thought they wouldn't do anything. And they didn't. Of course, they didn't. Of course, they win the game, which was great. But now, like I said, now comes the aftermath. What's going to happen between now and, and, and March the 3rd, Friday? You know, and that's what I'm waiting really to see because I want to see who they keep and who they, who they actually try to move. You know, I just, I, part of me thought, thought they were going to try to move Johansson. I said, this is why he got so-called an injury, but nobody, but it was quick to specify that it was non-COVID injury. And I was the first I kept thinking, they get ready to trade somebody? Is that why they they, they, they kept them out of the game? Because that's what I thought. I might be wrong. I might be right. Who knows? I just, just think that, like I said, they have to get, they have to get more of a youthful team. And, and if it works by via the draft, fine. But if you do any more trading the rest of the season, are you trading just to finish out the season? Are you trading to do some things that's going to help the team, you know, coming down the road? Because I don't want you taking a young player if you're really not going to keep him, you know, past the season. I mean, I would love to see them go out there and get a player that that's young that they know that they can get that that can bring some value and actually can play for the Caps. Because, like I said, if they 
if they can really get a younger, faster team, I mean, speed, speed, we know speed works. I mean, you can look at the Connor McDavid's and all these other people, you know, other players out there, that, you know, who got the speed and youth, and look at the difference. I mean, look at the way they play, the way their teams play. I mean, a lot of these teams are competitive. Every team is competitive, but my team, the Caps, you know, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be helped to skelter. They should be consistent. They should know what they got. They they know the players. They know they can win. But the, the fact is, do you want to win? Do are do are you just doing like a lot of teams do in other sports when the season coming towards the end? You know, you're just trying to get through without getting injured and all that kind of stuff. Is that the mindset? Yeah, if we make the playoffs, fine. If we don't, it's no big deal. I mean, not me saying it. I'm just wondering if that's what the players are thinking. Because, you know, you got 20 games left, you know, and some are going to be show. Like you said, some are going to be out there trying to showcase their talent so they can try to get bigger deals elsewhere. Because we, we know a lot of them, the Caps are not going to resign a lot of them. At least I don't think they will. The question is, what's going to happen with the coach? I think he's another one on the chop block. I think they need to do some changes there because they. I don't think they. I, I think their coaching staff needs the overhaul, just like the players. Because I just don't. I'm not. Oh, saying, yeah. I'm not saying Coach L should be the first to go, but we know that's how things go. I just think that you know some of these guys have been in for a while, and it's the same old thing, stagnant, same old you know thing. You know, I mean, yeah, they improved from the days of hey, let's get the puck to Ovechkin, and we watch him score, and we'll win. You know that mindset. Now they got other players that who are not afraid to shoot, who don't have, who don't go. Well, I got to get the puck to a Ovechkin first before I take a shot. See, that's what I like. There's some players on their team now that who shoot first, you know, and th- that's what that's what it's all about. Because Ob eventually he's gonna be just like anybody else. He's already old guy, <laughs> you know. He ain't gonna be able to keep logging those minutes. I don't care how much good shape he is, you know. He, he's not. I mean, he's not gonna be able to. So I want to see what's gonna happen. And like I said. I, I I'm not expecting a lot, but I just want to see how they go out in these last 20 games. After this, after this, uh, you know, coming up with Anaheim, and then I think with other games they got, I think they got Anaheim. But who they got? I'm trying to remember. Well, they're they're on a they're on a West Coast road trip right now, so their next their next few games. Uh, go ahead and do previews of coming attractions now. So the next game is Wednesday, March the first, against Anaheim. So right. last. That's one before the trade deadline on the third. They don't play again till after on that Saturday, the fourth. Uh, right. And that's that's against San Jose. San Jose Sharks, yes. Yep, that's six o'clock puck drop on on that game. And then they finish their West Coast road trip in LA, LA. Uh, against against the Kings uh, Monday night, the sixth. That's ten thirty game. Right. And then they come back home for a game against New Jersey. On the night. Um, and then they go back on the road again to New York quick two games there against the Islanders on that next Saturday. And then again, um, that next Tuesday against the Rangers. And then they come back home again. And then, you know, that they, they go through the rest. We're not going to go too deep, but that's the, they finish out March after that. So those are, those are your next few games. A lot of them are going to be on the road. Right. And yeah. And, it, but that, that key, obviously, like you said, is, is going to be that Anaheim game because it's the last one before the trade deadline. And, if they, if this team is in the right mindset, they're going to be thinking revenge. And so, yeah, this, this game, this game, the way they should be playing it, they ought to be thinking, all right, we want to beat the crap out of these guys 10 to two, if we can. Right. And that that's how they should approach this game. They want to keep all their jobs. They don't want to get traded. That's how they should play it. But that's, you know, we'll see. We'll see about that. Right. Now from, that, that go ahead. You're right. Revenge is, revenge is definitely, what they look, they should be looking for because to be embarrassed at home like that, you know, and then they, then they go. You if you lose to them on the road and you already lost them at home, 
that don't look good at all before the no. trade line. That don't look good at all. So there's no reason there's no reason they should lose that high. And like you said, it should be a it should be a high scoring game for the Caps if they come out and play because like you said, with revenge on their mind, but hopefully they don't get taken out of the game by trying to be physical. You know, because they, they play physical, but sometimes they get caught up in the physical physicality of the game and where they end up thinking too much about trying to deliver that big hit. And next thing you know, the puck's sitting in their net, you know. Right. That, that's the one thing. But we're going to see. I mean, like I said, I hope the rest of the season the Caps can, you know, the Caps can find a way to, you know, make it to the playoffs. I, I, I mean, I'll be shocked if they make it, and I'll be shocked if they made it and go past the first round. I mean, it can happen, but I just don't. I mean, luckily they're not. Yeah, the, the point differential is not the problem for them right now. It's a matter of whether or not they can gel enough to win enough games to sneak in because they but they can't keep losing with the other teams that they're behind winning. You know, that's not going to work, you know, because they're going to get to a point where they're not going to be able to catch them. Right. We shall see. I mean, like I said, you know, we shall see. I mean, my, my mind and thoughts go out right now real quick to John Walton and his family. That is such a such a tragic thing when I when I put two and two together. Once he said about – the plane crash, and I remember reading about that crash, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then when they put the names together, I said, "Oh my God!" So, that, so that was his brother. It's so sad and so crazy. Brother leads his world with a wife, and if not mistaken, three daughters. You know, it's, yeah. You know, it's just sad for all the people involved. You know, the patient that who didn't make it, the, the companion that was with them, the the, other, the flight nurse, the flight paramedic. I mean, like I said, I mean, hockey's hockey, and I have no problem talking about hockey. But you know, I, that 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 sits with me, and then you know. Yes, it's Black History Month, and I still have my own thoughts about the Capitals. I still don't think they do enough. I know, like I said, I don't want to always be what it always seems to be. We bring you out for this one day, and then after that, you go away. That's just how I feel, because that's what I see. I don't see, as a fan, a fan, and then being a fan, a Cats fan of color, I don't see they, the effort that they should really make a bigger effort, not just doing February Black History Month, it should be the whole season long, you know, stuff like that. I think to bring more people into the game, at the, to the games. I mean, I think they could do a better job. I've done my best to do that, and I, I know I have. I've done. I've given away tickets to a lot of people that who normally would never be able to see a hockey game from all walks of life, and you know, who, who who just can't afford it. No matter whether it's a nosebleed seat or whether it's a VIP seat or wherever, you know. But the point is, I think that's the biggest issue with the Caps. And to be honest with you, aside from my issue with them, other issues with them. That had a lot to do with me this season because I listen to them talk, and when I hear Caps management, you know that I that I've come in contact with and at the arena, and they say to me stuff that they say to me, I'm like I'm shocked because I'm thinking you can't tell me you you got a group of people who work and serve people and do other things there at the arena, and you can't recognize them because you try to say that they were a different company. No, when I like I said, we as fans go to the game and we see this person of color working there. We see that as a cap representative. I don't care what sport it is. We see them as a representative of that team. And to me, I think there's a lot more they can do to recognize people of color, you know, that they have working for the organization in, in many forms. I mean, I know as a fan and I know as a VIP, I know their sales staff, and their sales staff is lacking people of color. You know, it's, it's lacking. You know, it's, it's, I, I just think as a person speaking during Black History Month and as a person of color, I think the Caps need to do a better job of that because I've been to many other events and arenas and I see a whole different mindset of trying to be inclusive. I say, don't use that word when you really don't really mean it. You know, you got, if you're going to use that word about being exclusive, uh, inclusive instead of exclusive, then let's do that. But, you know, I just think 
they need to do a better job. I mean, it, yeah, it was good, but the Smith Pelly, and it's good to see the young man that OV, the young man that's deaf, that OV gave the stick to, that was all fine and dandy. But I'm like, okay, if you can do that then, why can't you do it any other time? You know? And that's just my thing. I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate what you do, Gil, as far as, like I said, we, we, we've had our discussions, and I know how you feel, and I, and I respect everything about that. And I appreciate that you are giving the forum to people of color, not just in general, only doing Black History Month, but but every day. If they want to be a part of this show, they can. And I like this because this podcast, is, to me, is very good. I don't, I didn't know much about podcasts at all until I started listening to your podcast, you know. you know. So I really appreciate it. You give me another opportunity to run my mouth like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And it, I mean, you know what, Lorenzo? I, I appreciate you because without people like you telling that story, you know, we don't we don't know what it's like. Right. Right. We don't know. We're never going to know what it's going to what it's like out there for people of color to, to you know, we think the rest of us, we think, you know, it's a, what they call the ivory tower syndrome. We, the rest of us think, oh, everything's hunky dory. It's not, you know, and, and it, you're right that the team could do more right. as far as, you know, making guests more comfortable and feel more welcome. And, you know, I, I tell you what, I, I'll agree with you as far as the sales staff. They're, they're very, very lacking because I got a call from one of them last summer. Right. And basically the conversation was, all right, we got these packages. Uh, what do you want? <laughs> you know, I mean, try to entice me. Try to give me a bargain. Give me a discount. Give me something. Don't just say, you know, this is what we got. What, what do you want to buy? Like, OK, right. yeah, I'm a fan, but I mean, give me. Give me a reason to want to buy your product. I mean, I can watch the game on TV. Give me a reason other than I know what I'm going to get when I see it, you know, to to, to actually come to your, you know, to, to your building. You know, T Ted Leonsis said when he first bought the team, uh, he wanted two things. He wanted value and he wanted the fans love. Well, I think he's getting his value, but right. he's got to work on that love. Right. Because, yeah, there's things, like I said, there's things going on that, I, like I said, I have no problem sharing this. I'm supposed to be doing a news article with a local reporter. I'm just still waiting to see if that's going to happen before the season ends or if I'm being stonewalled until after the season because of what I might say. The point is, like I said, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in their sales staff because, unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff that people as fans don't realize is happening. you got people now that March comes up. This is a renewal month for all the season ticket holders. The prices are being increased already. I'm saying you're increasing prices on the fans, and you don't even know what team you're going to have next season but you're increasing the prices. You've taken away a lot of the benefits that was given to season ticket holders, VIPs included. I mean, I'm, I experienced it, and I know there's things that have been taken from us. And I'll be honest with you, I've made a commitment to myself, and I told my friends, I will not be a season ticket holder anymore for, for the Caps hockey team. I will not do it again. No matter what the outcome is with my situation, I still will not do it because I don't believe they have the fans' best interests at heart. And, and the shows and everything, because I've seen it. I mean, I lived it firsthand. I know it. I mean, so, uh, you know, as I said, a lot of people can say I'm disgruntled. But no, I'm not disgruntled. I know what I had going on. I was I was a diehard Caps fan. I'm not as diehard as I was before. I've made a commitment that I got 140-something jerseys. No more jerseys. <laughs> I had to do my own intervention. I got too many jerseys. I got a box of jerseys I have not even ever worn, you know, sitting there in front of me looking at me. And I, I made a commitment to myself. I got to stop that. I, I will be a Cap fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm just going to be one from afar. Yes, I will go to the games. Yes, I would buy tickets from here and there. But I will not be a season ticket holder because to me, there's no benefit in it right now. 
there's really isn't, and I and I and I and I feel for the people who are renewing because some of them have been there twenty something years. I haven't been the season ticket holder that long, but the point is some of them are renewing, and I'm like, hey, okay, you you some people are only paying twelve dollars more per ticket. Some people are paying a hundred dollars more. Some people are paying a lot more per ticket renewal. But I'm saying, what are you getting in return? So you can't take the people's money, get them signed up, and once they do the renewal, like they did this past this season, current season. Everybody paid the renewal, and then they started subtracting benefits from you. I mean, this silly stuff that people this sounds silly. Down the VIP line, for example, there's no more canned beer. I used to get canned beer because I couldn't drink. I can't drink draft beer like that. So you don't have a choice down there now. Now you have to either drink draft beer or go out on the floor, up on the, up on the concourse, and buy canned beer at a higher price. And when I spoke to a cap representative, he said, he goes, well, it doesn't matter whether you did exact words. It doesn't matter whether or not you guys – buy a beer down here or upstairs. Either way, we're still making money. That's what they said. And I was like, wow. And then, you know, I had a little discussion, a little heated discussion, but I'm not going to all that. But the point is, like I said, they used to also have the soda station that they had down there. They took that out. Okay? They used to have they used to have a station for on a Congress level for people who were who were a designated driver. They took that away. <laughs> you know? They took away things that not only that they were given to the season they go and telling you this is the reason we were giving it to you. I mean, canned beer doesn't sound like a big deal. It is, but when you only got three things to choose from between uh, Mick Ultra Draft, Bud Bud Draft, and uh, what's the other thing? What's the other thing? Uh, the Vienna Lager thing, like that, are you know that's no choice. You know what I mean? You know, whereas when you had mm-hmm. the beers, you had multiple selections that you could choose from. That 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 was much that was a much better thing. It's like no, I said to me, I don't need that. And they said, why give this much money away? Because like he said, he said, we don't have to give you guys. He said, we're giving you guys food. He said, that's the main thing. He said, because you're going to drink regardless, even if we didn't have food. He said, he said you guys are going to drink. And I was like, wow, man, you talk like that. So, so like I said, it was a discussion down there that everybody remembers that. Who was down there remembers that night when I had this discussion. And I've been trying to help a lot of the season ticket holders and in the, in the group that I'm in now, the official season ticket holder group, because there's a lot of people who don't get the great representation from the rep, you know, representative that of the cap sales staff. It's more about, it's not for them. It's more about the cap staff. It's like, what have you done for me lately? You know, stuff like that. I mean, I really thought like, here's another thing. You had DSP. I was supposed to go to the practice. Okay. On Friday where he was there and, and see, but they never mentioned that, Hey, you know, Devontae Smith Pelly is going to be here at the practice facility at, you know, at MedStar. You know, they didn't even say that. I mean, they should have did that because you could have got people who's never seen this guy, people of color with a game. You know, if they would say, oh, I got a chance to meet a player that, you know, a black hockey player that I've never, you know, I never even knew he was a player. Not me. I'm just saying some people who've never been to the game. I mean, that's another way to bring a fan base. You could have created a whole new fan base, you know. I mean, it's it's called giving back, and I just don't truly believe the Capitals give back enough, and that's just my honest opinion. And like I said, I don't, I don't, want people to think that I'm a disgruntled person because I am a fan of color and I, I, I like that Caps hockey team. I'm not a guy sitting there going, well, you know, they ain't got no black players. Why do I know that has nothing to do with anything with me? Color only matters to me in certain things. And I don't mean it like in a sense, like that color matters to me in my clothes, you know, stuff like that, food and things like that and drinks. But when it comes to persons, I don't care what color you are. It's just what you bring to the table is what I, what I'm concerned about. And I just don't think the cap ownership staff and their sales staff, do a good job of working to bring people of color to the game. They'll portray us when it's the time for them to portray a person of color, but not not on an everyday basis, only doing Black History Month 
who want you to recognize the free throw color. No, you can't do that. You have to. You have. You should be able to do that all season long. You do that all season long. You got a big old jumbotron there. You start doing that every every game, something like that. Not just people, you know, not just black. I'm talking Latino fans that you normally don't have, that you normally don't see at the, you see at the game, but you never really see them because it's not always shown that way when I'm at the game. It's, it's not that way, you know. So if you if you make that more inclusive and use that jumbotron for better use than just you know once in a while to recognize somebody, it it, it, it would it would go a long way with the fan base. You'll get more people coming to the game. I got a gentleman who I tried to get to do a podcast with you guys. He's He works here in Anne Arundel County. I met him, and I didn't even – this gentleman saw me with my hat on one day. It, gentleman, I've known this gentleman – I've known of him seven years. I, I would go to the landfill and see him. I gave I actually gave him a jersey uh, about three weeks ago. I gave him one of my Caps jerseys, just gave it to him. He said to me he watched hockey. He said he always watched hockey on TV and everything. He said he was scared to go – he's afraid to go to the arena – because he's, and I'll say exactly, forgive me, this new podcast. He didn't know how the white people would treat him. I said to him, I said, they ain't, ain't going to treat you no different than the people you see every day you deal with. I said, I mean, matter, he said he needed to learn more about the game. I said, well, tell you what, I said, you let me know when you're available, and I'll buy you and your wife a ticket to the game, and you can go meet the people, and you can see what I was telling you. There's a lot of genuine people there. You're not going to have to go through a whole lot of, oh, my God, why is he here type thing. No, I said, you ain't going to get that. You won't get that from the fans too much. You you may have experiences sometimes with fans that come from other teams in the area, but usually I have I've only had that happen to me early on. You know, talking 2015. Since then, I I only type I have had experience with color issues as dealing with the sales staff. And like I said, I wanted to see this gentleman come to the game. I, he, he was a fan for four years, and he said he was always following the team. And he said he just he said he just never went to a game. And I'm thinking, wow, you only live 20 minutes from the arena, and you never went to a game. You know. Because he said he was scared, and I said, "Wow, that's what I'm saying. There's things that need to be done. Because there's a lot of people out there that watch this game, that love it. I mean, I see people of color wearing, walking, wearing Vetchkin jerseys, all these other jerseys out there, and, and most of them have never been to a game. You know, I mean, you got to make it worthwhile. I just think the price is too high for a lot of people, and you know, nobody should have to always sit up in 400 just to enjoy a hockey game. If you're gonna do that, you might as well stay home. That's my motto. <laughs> you know? And that's all." I tell you what, Lorenzo. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you came up, came on here, and, and and told us about all that, and reminded us that hey, you know, it's look, it's it's all about the fans because that's what we try to be all about. We're all about the fans, and you know, not everything. You know, we try to be positive, but let's face it, not everything is good. You want to see everything in a good light, but not not every experience is good. So it's not. Like you said, it's not that you're disgruntled. You want to point out we're trying to point out a wrong here that you know this team that we love needs to write. And you know, it's not just you know the makeup of the team, make them a winning team. It's the whole experience. You're going to the game, yeah, they're not always gonna win, but you know, you want to have a good time while you're going to the game and you're taking things away that take away from the experience. So you're taking away the value of these tickets that everybody's buying. You're supporting the team. You're getting our money, but you don't care about our love. That's that's the point we're making here. So it's not that we're all being disloyal fans. You know, we don't it's 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 not a love it or leave it situation. We love it, but we're not going to leave it. We just want something fixed here. And that's the point that's being made here. So just anyone, anyone that's hearing this, it might be getting a little hot saying we're, we're disloyal, you know, because this information is being put out there. This experience, the story is being told. That's not the case. 
know, we're, we're, we're telling a story because it needs to be told. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's a true fact. I mean, like I said, look, if you look at, look at D.C., Washington, D.C., the population there, majority of the population is black and brown, okay? They live within, I say this, most of them live within 20 minutes walk or whatever, train ride to the, state, to the arena, okay? They go see the sport. If you, if you made that sport, if you made it more inclusive and more welcoming to people of color, they, you would have a bigger turnout than what they have. But the point is, like I said, I, I sat in that arena many times, and I've seen it when it comes to knocking the lights out for the prize, a giant gift card for these things. It's, it's 90% of the time, it's predominantly somebody white. It's not. It's, it's, and it's funny because you have so many people at the game, but no one, they're not trained. The promotion staff seem not to be trained to go look for someone else other than just this person. I mean, I've seen people who've been on the Jumbotron doing, our, doing promotional events two or three times that I'm like, man, should it be somebody new? But like I said, it's, it's like I said, it's not about this, Grunnel. It's about just trying to get to understand. You got a fan base that you don't realize you have, and you're not you're not you're not monopolizing on that because the fact is, you're not used to that. It's, you, you don't know what to expect. And like I said, to me, this is the best month for me to talk about it because I'm honest. And anybody, like I say, anybody out there can say I'm disloyal. They don't know who they're talking to because I got a I got a room I'm sitting in right now to show you how loyal I am. I mean, I have more swag in this room, and I'm not talking about this jerseys. I'm talking about things from me going to the game, stuff I collect, and I donate to the schools. I don't, I donate the swag towels to schools. There are people working at the arena. I can tell you without a doubt, who is it? Like one of my friends, he's a teacher. He's on the security staff. He's a teacher. He's a teacher in Prince George's County. Do you realize that every game when I'm there, when they do giveaways, John and I, John, who has his little summer camp school, also. We go out here and collect these towels, everything. We take them home, wash them, whatever, and we donate it to the schools. And these kids go crazy over this stuff. I mean, literally go crazy, you know. And, and they, I've got, I've got cards and stuff, an envelope full of cards where they all wrote telling me thank you that they never expected to see this, and they love to see that because here they see, it. and they said it, and I won't be lying. They, they said, they said, here's a, a black man who's a business owner, and he's, and, he, and he's not full of himself. He's giving back to us. Okay, I don't live in the neighborhood, but I'm giving back to them. And I do it on a regular basis because I care. And what I'm giving them is not is not just something to give them. I'm giving them something that, of a team that I support, which I support 100%, the Washington Capitals. These kids may only know about the Washington Capitals' name because they saw it in the newspaper or they saw it on TV or they just know Alice Ovechkin. But when you give them these little trinkets that that's, that's a, means a lot to them, hey, you, you're talking those are future fans right there that you don't even realize that, that, may, be, that may be existing right there. And like I said, I always try to recognize everybody. I don't, you know, like I said, I, I give to all schools, but I said mostly I've been giving to the, to the predominantly black schools in PG County because I was trying to increase the fan base and, you know, get kids that who don't know much about hockey but actually like it, you know, to, to become a part of it. And it just, you know, like I said, I, I have no problem. I like, I like that, and I'm a, I'm a true Capitals fan, true and true. But like I said, you, you, when, you, when the staff leaves a bad taste in my mouth, then I have to think about, you know, what I do. I mean, I would still promote the team and I would still support the team. So if it makes me disgruntled, I'll be that guy. I, I have no problem being that guy. That's not what I want to be, but I don't want that because the people easy to cop out and say he's disgruntled or disloyal, so that means nothing, then so be it. But this podcast, I love this podcast because it does give the people, I don't care who it is, an opportunity to speak openly and honestly. Not, hey, we can't put this in. We got to cut this out. We can't say that. I like it because I can speak openly and honestly. Yes, I got a big mouth. Yes, I'm loquacious, but I wouldn't be Lorenzo if I wasn't. So, so you have it. 
All right. That's well, that, that's why we love you. And that's, uh, you know, let, look, I, I can't, I can't say it enough. We, we try to be for the fans and no two fans are alike. Everybody's got their own story. Right. You, everybody listening, you on the other side, the speakers, what, but your buds, whatever, how you, however you're, wherever you're listening, you got your own story. You want to come on, you can tell it. Uh, that was just one of hopefully hundreds of thousands. But if you got a caps, if you are a caps fan, I don't care if you started yesterday or 40 years ago, like me, I don't care. You got a voice and you definitely got it here. And you know, whether you agree with our takes, don't agree, doesn't matter. You're welcome. Come on, tell your story, have your say. That's what we're about. And I hope, I hope to everybody who's listening that, that we just proved it. So uh, we want to invite anybody and everybody. We got women's history month coming up. We're closing out black history month, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Uh, man, woman, you know, black, white, any color. I, it doesn't matter. You want to come on and give your opinions about this team or like Lorenzo, if you got a wrong that this team, you know, ha, has given an experience, this team has given you that you don't agree with, you know, talk about it, tell us about it, you know, cause we love this team, but not everything they do is right. And, and if you disagree with something they do, you can talk about that too. We're not blind. So, right. All right. So Lorenzo, I, I do appreciate your coming on and, and talking to us and helping us uh, close out black history month again. Thank you so much for, for all you do. And uh, let, let's uh, go out go ahead and close out the show. If you want, I'm going to let you give one last plug to your business, to our <laughs> listeners out there. All right. This, this is me, Lorenzo again. Just want to say thank you, Gil. Thank you guys for letting me be a part of the PowerPoint podcast again. Uh, basically my business is HLR Curry and Shuttle. Years ago, I used to have the airport shuttle part. I closed that off way before COVID. When I did that when uh, uh, Uber and all them came into business. But I pretty much do legal documents. I do uh, I do settlements. We things now are done by online. So a whole lot of driving is out the way. I, I still serve papers. I still I do e-commerce deliveries. I, I'm I'm limited, but I'm actually expanding a little bit. So HLR Curry, if you need us, we we'll, we we'll, we'll take documents, packages, wherever you want us to go. We we do it. We do it nationally here. In Maryland area, DMV, we will go to Pennsylvania. We have no problem going further. I went further. I went on a plane delivering a package. We we do it all. And I thank you guys for letting me be able to, to plug my business, HLR Curran Shuttle. That's me, Lorenzo. <laughs> I'm the owner. The H was for my ex-wife, Helga. The LR, you understand, that's me, Lorenzo Robinson. That's why it's HLR Curran Shuttle. But I thank you, and I thank you, Gil. I thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to speak again. You know, like I said, I sometimes maybe seem like I went too far, but I, I'm not going to regret anything I say because I only speak the truth and how I feel. You know, and I say thank you again. All right. You're welcome. And uh, like a lot of our fans, you got an open door. So thank you again for giving us your time. So, uh, all yeah. right. That was that was Mr. Lorenzo Robinson. So, uh, OK, fingers crossed. You know, I, I believe in this team. There's a good chance they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm not optimistic. But we're we're not going to stop cheering for them. We're not going to stop covering them. You know, it was somebody tried to spread a rumor that uh, wanted to quit the podcast. You know, I do this for a reason. And you just heard that reason. So we're going to keep going and uh, we're going to keep back in this team and we're going to do all we can for for you the fan listening. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, so going to close out the show. This is the blue liner on point for Lorenzo Robinson signing off and reminding you 
that if you ever thought of the age-old question, can trees poop? <laughs> well, the answer to that question is yes. How else do we get number two pencils? <laughs> let's go, Caps. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah, and let's go, Caps. Let's go, Caps. This has been another episode of the Power Playpoint Podcast. All episodes are available from Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app, blueliner77.podbean.com, and now available from Stitcher. Music by Joe McAllister, voiceover by Jeffrey Conkle. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Power Playpoint Podcast. Thanks for listening.